0: Well, 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 here we meet again at the beginning of another hilarious episode of Tuesday Gaming by Swiss Army Scorpion. So if any of you have ever been wondering, where does your Patreon donation go to and what do we use that money for? Well, we have a very special announcement. Starting this episode, we will have custom intro and outro music written, composed, and played. By our very own Andrew. And I for one, I gotta tell you guys, I've been excited as a schoolgirl to get this new music out to you guys. We've had it done for a while, but we felt like releasing it with the beginning of book five was the right way to go. And I just want to say that I think he hit it right on the head. I I mean, he crushed it right out of the ballpark. I think you'll all agree once you hear the music, it just makes you think of sea time fun. So, without further ado, please enjoy Episode 98, Shackles Fonzie.
1: single lantern rests on a small wooden table against the wall. As your eyes adjust, you can see the typical layout of a captain's cabin. Several people are in this cabin, most prominent of which is a tall, dark-skinned man with a deep voice, Barnabas Harrigan. You are all in the captain's cabin of the ship that started it all, the Wormwood. Most of the other sailors present are those your characters might recognize were they there. Ryrus Crying the hard-spoken master gunner who trained Devoth and the others how to board a ship, Peppery Longfarthing, the Wormwood's resident sorceress, and Kipper and Patch Patch Salt, the gunner's mate and bosun's mate, whom Devoth and the others didn't really interact with much, but knew them to be Scourge and Plug's good friends. All officers present are looking at their captain, who is sitting at the wooden table, taking a long, hard drink from a tankard. Finally, Barnabas Harrigan lowers his tankard with a gasp and wipes his mouth with his coat sleeve. More rum, Cocky. The cabin girl's door opens silently, and Cocky enters the room. As she prepares another drink for her captain, Barnabas continues speaking. I'll just send every ship under my banner to their island and take it by force. Patch Patch Salt wrings her tiny gnomish hands together with a small chuckle. Scorched earth and smoldering ships, captain. (laughs) Peppery Longfarthing shoots Patch Salt an impatient look while addressing Barnabas. That would be a bad idea. Patch Salt's chuckle stops, bringing the small room back to silence as Barnabas slowly stands up, bloodshot eyes trained on Peppery. Captain. Peppery adds to her statement. Far too late. Though Barnabas began getting up with clumsy, wobbly movements, he now stands quite straight and still. You think you can protect your little protege, Peppery? Several officers laugh. No. I mean that as much as it might pain you to acknowledge, Devoth is a free captain. He received the deed to that island from the Pirate Council. If we just sailed to their island, killed them, and took it, we'd be disrespecting the Pirate Council's authority by stealing a gift they gave the winner of the regatta and by attacking another free captain without due cause. There is due cause! They took my ship! My crew! They made a fool out of me! Barnabas grabs his newly filled tankard from Cocky and takes another long, hard drink. His officers seem too terrified to speak during the silence. Again, Barnabas lowers his tankard with a gasp and wipes his mouth on his coat sleeve. They made fools of me, and my officers watched them do it. I will have recompense. It's time to trim de fat off de wormwood. Peppery takes a tentative step forward. Captain, I know you're angry, but the officers responsible were the ones who betrayed you in the first place. Plug and Scourge have already paid for their incompetence with their lives. The rest of us have been loyal to your banner. One more word, Peppery, and I'll cut that tongue out of your mouth. Through the dim light, Peppery's face can barely be seen. It doesn't look upset or surprised at Barnabas's threat. It looks sad, and her eyes linger on Barnabas, as though looking at a portrait of a lost friend. I'll say it one more time. I want to know who is to blame for these upstart pirates thinking they can defy my authority. Patch Salt clears her throat. <clears throat> I heard cutthroat Grok was sleeping with Devoth. Probably was giving him free stuff from the store, too. Bring dat bitch to me. All of you. In their haste to please their irrational captain, the room empties as the officers file out. Heading below decks to the quartermaster's store. All officers, except Peppery. Barnabas slumps back down in his chair. More rum, cocky. Cocky makes to get a fresh bottle of rum, but Peppery steps in front of her. With a look, Peppery sends the cabin girl back to her room. After stealing a glance at Barnabas, Peppery picks up the bottle of rum and brings it to her captain. As she pours the rum into Barnabas's tankard, Peppery speaks in a quiet, careful tone. I'm sorry I spoke out of turn in front of the other officers. I just think crew morale is really important right now. And I don't give a fuck what you think, Peppery. Peppery slams the bottle of rum on the table. You know, Harrigan... If you're really looking for someone to blame, start with yourself. You let your officers run amok, and then act shocked when you find out your crew isn't blindly loyal to their shut-in captain. Maybe, if you kept your officers on a shorter leash, they'd respect you instead of fear you, and then the crew beneath them would show you more loyalty. A crash of wood on wood and shattering glass erupts in the captain's quarters as Barnabas flips his table in his haste to stand back up. The lantern breaks on the floor beams, and a blaze immediately dances to life as the lantern oil spreads from its broken casing. With the room fully lit up by the spreading flames, Barnabas's manic eyes can be seen in their fullest. You forget your place, Peppery! Barnabas moves toward the sorceress. Peppery stands her ground despite her trembling shoulders. I'm trying to help you! We used to be friends, Barnabas. You used to be a captain. Now, now you're just Druvalia's lapdog! With a roar, Barnabas draws his sword and slashes at Peppery, leaving a wail of anguish and a trail of blood in its wake. Peppery falls to the ground, clawing at her face where her eye used to be. You'll wish I killed you for saying that, you bitch! Before Barnabas can take another swing, Peppery stretches out her arm and the captain's quarters fills with a heavy fog. Peppery scrambles to her feet and runs for the door. As she turns the handle, a blast of wind hits her from behind. She slams into the door, forcing it open, and finds herself sprawled in a heap on the main deck of the Wormwood, with only a sliver of pre-dawn light to see. Peppery hoists herself up, and with her remaining eye, looks back in fear as a bank of fog pours out of the unhinged doorway, with an obscured fire framing a large silhouette of Barnabas as he stumbles after her. Sobbing through the fear and pain, Peppery staggers her way to the Wormwood clock. With a snap of her fingers and a flourish of her arms, she launches a bolt of lightning at the clock from point-blank range, momentarily lighting up the whole deck. As the blinding flash subsides, the clock is again visible, showing only minor damage from the usually lethal spell. After a moment of disheartened shock, Peppery winds up for another spell, but her arm is grabbed by Barnabas. Peppery whips her head back, and for a moment her eye meets Barnabas's. In that moment, she can see nothing of the old friend she used to know. Instead, she sees only rage and desperation. The moment passes, and with another deadly slash, Peppery's hand is cut off at the wrist. Barnabas releases his grip and lets her fall to the deck, writhing in the growing pool of her own blood. At this moment, Barnabas's other officers return from below decks, Ryrus crying, hefting a half-unconscious Garak under her arm. The half or quartermaster's cheeks are puffed out, swelling in front of her eyes, and blood pours from her toothless mouth like a faucet. Barnabas, eyes wide and teeth bared, points to Peppery. Put de half-orc bitch wid her! Ryrus obeys after shouting, Someone put out that fire! As Kipper runs into the captain's quarters, the pre-dawn light begins to grow, coloring the growing pool of blood, now both Pepperi's and Grok's, a deep crimson. To his remaining officers, Barnabas says, Peppery seems to think crew morale is low. Patch salt, take us in, and let's see if we can fix that. Patch Salt chuckles in delight, running over to the ship's bell. As she calls for the crew to report for duty, the camera slowly pans up. The wormwood falls from view, and in the distance, just barely visible in the growing pre-dawn light, is a crescent-shaped island, a fort resting up on its rocky cliffs. The cutscene cuts to black. Our title screen is formed by large, slanted letters. Book 5. The Price of Infamy. Ah, oh, critical nut! Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Fuck that you. That's crazy. Oh, God.
1: Who's ready to get back to fun piracy? So, some of us level up to level 11.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: everybody was supposed to. But uh <laughs> who wants to talk about their level 11 toys?
3: I'll go first. So, at this point, um I have... And brace yourself. 100 HP. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Zero, zero. So nice. I th- had to take a toughness feat, which gave me 11, and then I rolled a fat six on my d8, uh, plus two. And uh said, so yeah, I'm at 100 now, which is freaking sweet. Awesome. And, Don't uh, ever
1: level. Mm <laughs> hmm.
3: Yeah, no, I probably want more than 100, because I feel, uh, I feel like I could die at any minute still, even with <laughs> some more HP. It doesn't help too much. So I took a couple spells, and those spells are Freedom of Movement, because Devoth makes it look so friggin' sweet. I also want it. <laughs> and, uh, Battle Mind Link. So it says one minute per level. Uh, I can cast this on myself and an ally. When rolling initiative, take the higher result of both d20 rolls, and if we both attack the same target, each time one of us makes an attack roll, the other also makes an attack roll. And the one attacking takes the better result. Really? Uh, and that also works with ranged attacks. So yeah, I can stand next to Devoth and instead of cowering behind him, be standing next to him more and sort of, you know, battle mind linking up with him. <laughs> also, um, potentially with uh, Nick over there, with his uh, ridiculous forms and all the smashing he's been doing, seems like I've got a couple people who could be used for it. So,
1: The real value to that spell, in my opinion, is the insurance you have from natural ones. Because right? yeah, right. you're always rolling twice, taking the better result. You have, now instead of a 5% chance, you have 5% of a 5% chance of getting a natural one.
3: It goes from 1 in 20 to 1 in uh, 400.
1: Yeah, something like that.
3: (laughs) Um, I also uh, can't talk about level 11 without talking about this sick new ability I got called Stalwart. So, for my Fort and Will saves, uh, when I succeed versus Fort or Will, the effect, if it has a reduced effect, I just ignore that. So, uh, that's freaking sweet. None it's of this a... half half effect nonsense. When I succeed,
1: so it's evasion for your fort and will saves.
3: Yep, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm huge now, and uh, yeah, time to start barreling.
4: Cool. Who wants to go next? No, the wizard will go next. Um, not a lot happened this round. I did get a feat, though. Uh, I am now a master siege engineer, which pretty much just means that I can now attack every other round, uh, rather than. Wait the
1: full three rounds. When uh, using a siege weapon.
4: Mm.
1: When using a siege weapon. Uh, because each action went from a full round action to a move action.
4: Correct. Yes.
1: So in- t- instead of taking a full round action to aim a siege engine, full round action, or multiple full round actions to load a siege engine, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, each of those is only a move action. So you can double up and do two of those each turn.
4: Uh, On top of that, I managed to pull out an extra 6 HP and then a bonus
1: HP. We don't need to hear about HP, though. Come on. Yeah, get to the good stuff. What spells did you take? How about 6-level spells, Tom? Mr. (laughs) Not-Much-Happened-To-Me-This-Level.
4: Got a couple 6-level spells, uh, which I found one to be particularly hilarious, and I had to choose. It's called Enemy Hammer pretty much i take an enemy and i can hammer them with
2: another enemy so uh, so he basically <laughs> has telekinetic charge but he can throw an enemy into another enemy
4: <laughs> yep <laughs> uh in worst case scenario uh you know if the spell fails spell fails however if they manage to um if they don't pass at least their first turn will be taken up uh trying to get past my grapple them. Outside of that, uh, chain lightning is also uh, pretty awesome. Yes, it is. Every th- every uh, creature within thirty feet is now endangered by lightning within the first original creature. Yeah.
1: So, like, if you took your lightning arc spell and you just you, you took out the <laughs> line requirement, yeah, you'd be like, everybody around this area is now affected and only the people I want. Like, it's not an actual AoE. So if there's allies in there, Tom can just ignore them. It's so that's much insane, fun. insane, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Such a ridiculous spell. <laughs> well, hey, that's 6th level for you. Yeah. Right. And that's it for my round. Cool, cool. Who's going next?
0: I'll go, because Ivan was uh, pretty quick for 11. So his shifter claws went up by a damage dice. But pretty much whenever I wild shape, those attacks already do more damage. He also got a third attack when using shifter claws. And then he got a feet, and I took uh, branch pounce. So when charging a target by jumping down from above, such as jumping out of a tree, you can soften your fall with a melee attack. That attack hits at the end of your charge. The attack deals damage as normal. You also deal the amount of falling damage appropriate to your fall to the target 1d6 points of damage for a 10-foot fall, 2d6 points of damage for a 20-foot fall, and so on and so on. This falling damage is not multiplied on a critical hit. You land in an unoccupied square of my choosing adjacent to the target. And I take falling damage as if I had fallen from 10 feet shorter than what it actually was. I can still make the acrobatics check uh, as normal to shorten that by an additional 10 feet of falling damage. Uh, if my attack misses, though, I land prone in a random square adjacent to the target, uh, and I automatically take the full amount of falling damage. So it's it's very much a uh, high-risk, high-reward tactic, right? Yeah, you either, you either
1: kick ass or you eat shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That seemed very appropriate to combo with my, I'm an owl, I'm a tiger, and we're both falling from like 30 feet hmm <laughs> so and super yeah. awesome <laughs> you're you're very excited for that i can tell yeah there was a little bit of a catch for it um the prerequisites for this feat were three ranks of climb and three ranks of stealth which i currently had zero in both of them so i had to spend <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> so spend i spent, your entire
1: levels worth of yep. skill ranks on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: so it came at a cost
1: so since we're on the topic of you doing the totally fun not game breaking owl to tiger uh charge pounce maneuver I do want to add this stipulation when you're doing that so so the the wording is kind of already there in the feet but if you're if you're like still charging laterally and not vertically like what you did last week when you were charging at the uh the flying icutillus if you miss on your first turn, you do not get to chain all the other attacks together. The idea being, you're falling as soon as you yeah, like as soon as you change from owl to tiger, you're falling. Mm-hmm. And when you hit with your first attack, like that's you like grabbing them and taking them down with you and continuing with the pounce. But if you miss with that first attack, you do not get to make your additional attacks from the pounce. That makes sense. Good, because I'm not changing my mind.
2: Until next week when he changes it again.
1: <laughs>
0: Stay tuned. This is stupid. When he realizes that I'm probably never going to miss my first attack, so he has to find another way to stop it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to keep add, adding bills until I get the health care I want. Did even have anything else going for this level?
0: Yo, it was a very bare level. Honestly, That you like I mean, that was, every detail of it. I mean, that was yeah.
1: still pretty good. Your shifter claws went up. You You got an extra... Attack on a full attack, eh, and you got the shifter
0: claws are like a mute point, I guess.
2: Well, I will say I just looked at your character. Your, your shifter claws, you can use that damage in place of other damage, so that actually made your frog bite go up, and it made your hey, hey, owl hey. talons go up in dice. Okay.
1: There you go. All right, so who wants to go next?
2: Leon, go for it.
5: I guess I'd like to go next. Yeah, you heard your <laughs> captain. Ah! <laughs> Captain, my ass <laughs> i had a pretty spicy level i got a feat quick channel i can burn two charges to cast one cast of channel as a move action on top of that i also got combat healer from oracle so i can add plus two to a spell slot to cast any spell with the heal descriptor as a swift action twice per day
2: what
1: <laughs>
5: yeah so he got so twice quick twice day heal. i can add two to us to a Spell slot as long as it has the heal descriptor, and I can cast it as a swift action. On top of being able to now channel as a move action for Holy two shit. uses of channel,
1: so you can you can like heal three times in one turn. Yes, that's, yes, that I, is amazing. All, of,
5: all <laughs> yeah. of my eggies in one basket. I've also got Good the rod, Lord. so I can do a lot of this at the range. Yes, I am. I am here to defibrillate.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! I love it.
5: Yeah, so that was, like, those those little pieces were, like, already pretty great. Um, I also got access to versatile performance, so now I use my perform check in place of diplomacy and sense motive. So hey,
1: you're <laughs> killing me, Andrew.
5: My sense motive is now really good. It used to be trash.
2: <laughs> yeah, mine was the same way. Like, mine was shit until I got the that same thing, versatile performance. Right.
5: And then for my spells, the cool spells that I got, I got uh, Darkness. I can cast darkness. It's pretty cool. Remove disease. Uh, Neutralize poison. I took that. Made sense. And a wall of blindness or deafness. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Nice. Does what it says.
5: (laughs) I put up a wall and if people run through it, oopsie. Use (laughs) blind. casting, I pick one and they're either blind or deaf.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
5: Yep. So, yeah. Bunch of skills. Skill (laughs) points. They all went into knowledge. Surprise.
2: Cool. Who wants to go Next. Hey, Matt, your well, turn. Yeah, considering I'm hey, the only one left, I guess I'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> before you
0: before you actually list this off, I just want to say, I just remembered what you get at this level.
2: And I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> oh,
5: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God, we got so powerful.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a fun level for Devoth. It wasn't a very, like, resource-rich level. I got a fourth-level spell, which I took Neutralize Poison because...
1: We seem to get poisoned a lot. Yeah, Scram. Um, I love how hard it was (laughs) for you to find a descriptor for your level to make it not sound like it was really good. (laughs) It it wasn't a really...
2: Resource-rich. Resource-rich level? (laughs) But the resources I do have become richer. That's the only spell I got. Oh, and I got a new first-level spell. Whoop-de-doo. But yeah, the big thing that Devoth got this level is a feat, and this is something that I've been looking forward towards since fucking level one. Mm -hmm. Um, As you all know, when Devoth rages, whenever he maintains the rage, he gets fast healing equal to the strength bonus granted by his rage. That is from the feat I took a fifth level called Scald's Vigor. This level, I got the feat Greater Scald's Vigor. Now that fast healing applies to everyone that accepts my rage. Yes! Mm, So tasty. And how
1: much is that fast healing worth at this level? Uh, yeah. It is worth eight HP per round. <sighs> so every oh. so every round, everyone's getting a cure light wounds. Yeah.
4: And when a person gets unconscious, they automatically accept it,
2: which means which means they then start fast, fast healing. And immediately wake up. stabilize, <laughs> no matter how
1: negative they are, unless they're dead. Yeah. So, moral of the story: I've just got to start killing you guys, <laughs> starting with Leon. <laughs> <laughs> what? I- 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 what 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 me? What do I do?
5: What am I getting? Am I getting presents finally?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm Starting get, with me, I'm getting you a brand new character, buddy. Oh, <laughs> right. Wait a minute! <laughs> oh my god, level eleven was so good for you guys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> along those lines, I have a question mm-hmm. for you, Axel. Because um, mm-hmm. I think people might want to know. Like, you look around at where everyone's character is right now, and like. Feels like there's a big power jump, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you combat that as the DM? What's your biggest priority now? Are you worried about the amount of damage we can put out? Are you worried about how, like, sustainable we are?
1: So you you look at all of the, the resources that you guys have as PCs, and it can be broken down to damage output and action economy and amount healed. And the damage output is largely dependent on uh, full attack actions. And the the easiest way to to nip that in the bud is to put distance between the PCs and the enemies. Right. That way they can't full attack. But you guys have, between Ivan's pounce and Scram's telekinetic charge, you guys have, you basically have that problem solved. Uh, that
2: And all just the ranged destruction
1: that Scram can lay down now. Yeah. So then, like, another thing is, like, you're just like, well, I'll just, like, add more and more hit points and, like, beefier enemies, and I feel like once you get to higher levels like this, that becomes a band-aid that doesn't really solve the problem anymore, and you get into more and more encounters where it just becomes, it doesn't matter how many hit points or how high the armor class of the enemy is, the, the, the PCs just go, well it's the second round so we've won uh so it you have to start looking for more creative ways to drain the pc's resources and i mean at the end of the day like it's it's all about having fun and in my opinion having fun is a perception of difficulty
0: right you want it tough so we feel rewarded when we succeed but not a Cakewalk that there's none of that. Wow, like I really had to think about what I was doing,
1: right? I mean, if you guys were able to just roll in and kick ass every single time, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of fun when it happens every once in a while, but if that becomes every single encounter, I it, feel it like it's old, yeah, it's gonna get old, and you guys are gonna just stop, like, oh, it's another counter. Well, I guess we'll just steamroll through that one. You guys kind of stop, like, the 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 what's the word, uh, s the, the uh, the novelty of it. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> wow, I can't. It starts with an S. Anyway, suck the suck the, the suck. The, you know, the s- you know the suck, the suck starts to happen. But yeah, at the, but on the other side, like I can't just if I just threw like a uh, like a giant trapper at you guys every single encounter, and it was like, oh, like well you guys spot on gigantic stealth check. Now it's going to ambush you. It's going to slam you and then grapple you, and now you're suffocating. And oh, one of your, one of the PCs just died. If I did that every single combat, it wouldn't be fun anymore because you guys would stop taking combat seriously. Um so yeah, it's it's a matter of it feeling difficult in order for it to feel difficult, you guys need to spend resources. Like that's the that's where it comes from. So, it I comes- will say
0: uh, just on that point that you like, I will say the encounter of the last book felt yeah. like one of the most enjoyable co- combats we've had in a long time from the standpoint Aww. of like I was on edge because it could easily turn at any point, but I also didn't feel like we were necessarily just getting crapped on.
1: Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good because I actually created that entire encounter myself. That We were completely off book for that final encounter. Yeah, that's why
0: I before. wanted to point it out.
1: Oh, thank you. So what I need to start doing is finding ways to make you spend resources. I basically need to go into each encounter going, they're going to win, and they're probably going to win easily. But how can I get them to spend resources? How can I get them to cast spells or use these daily powers or whatever? And I can start ratcheting up the tension that way. So, I mean, that's really all I, like, I try to do. And every once in a while, yeah, I'm going to sprinkle in like a stupid hard encounter in there to keep you guys on your toes. But w- once you've been DMing for long enough, you realize that if you just do that every single time, it's gonna it's going to get old.
2: Also, I forgot the most important and fun thing I got at level 11.
1: No, you're done. you That was everything <laughs> that you had. Forever no, no, no. hold your peace. No, this is fun. I can now wild shape
2: two times a day.
1: Oh, into a bull, right? Yeah. Oh, no. He, <laughs> what? <laughs> I forgot about that because Devoth can talk to bulls. I can you talk to that? bulls.
2: I can wild shape into a bull once per day, but oh now twice per day. <laughs> oh, you've been able to do it? Yeah, since like fifth level. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I did it once to wreck some guy's, like, pirate's uh, captain's quarters. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I totally forgot about that. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. Before we get into it, I got some loot to go over that we kind of had to gloss over at the end of last week because we were trying to wrap things up. So first, uh, we've got uh, an item that was actually worn by the Voidstick zombie that I missed. Uh, He was wearing something called Eel Skin Armor uh luckily devoth did not cut that in half when he uh <laughs> when he wrecked the voidstick zombie well, that's why we have a scram that can make whole <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> this red plus 2 slick electricity resistance leather armor so that's Ooh. plus 2 slick electricity resistance leather armor is crafted now huh
3: wait does... This- does Slick do something, or is it gives just magic you if bo- you're using? It gives
1: you a bonus to resist grapples. Yeah, it makes it hard to grapple if ah, yeah. you Slick. Oh, S- so and it gives slippery. You, and it gives you plus six to your charisma check, because you're so Slick. No way. I'm just kidding. It no, <laughs> doesn't give you that. Let's
5: you hit a jukebox and instantly start it. Yeah, <laughs> Fonzie armor. Fonzie armor. <laughs>
1: or it might just be the static electricity from the armor that restarted the jukebox. You'll never know. Hey.
5: I'm no scientist. I'm just the (laughs) fun.
1: So it's crafted from the skin of a crimson hagfish, more commonly known as the Shackle's Slime Eel. The armor exudes a slippery slime that grants its wearer a plus five competence bonus on escape artist and swim checks. In addition, as a standard action, once per day, the wearer can form an aura of electricity around himself that persists for five rounds. Creatures adjacent to the wearer when this power is activated and at the start of the wearer's turn take 2d6 points of electricity and are staggered for one round. A reflex save halves the damage and negates the staggering effect, and the DC for that is 14. So probably not going to have that stick too often, but if it does, you've got somebody staggering right next to you. So.
5: I feel like item DCs are always criminally low. They really yeah.
1: are, yeah. It, it sets the DC off the lowest possible ability score that you need to cast the spell that the item is replicating.
5: Well, I think they're doing it wrong then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I'm just I'm just, just going to throw that out there, but yeah. that's just
1: me. No, it's, you're not the only one that, that has that complaint, but I mean, yeah, everything else about it is pretty awesome. Or if you don't want it, it's worth 33,810 gold pieces.
0: Not going to lie, that could be really useful for I. What mm. the the thirty three thousand gold? <laughs>
1: well,
2: no, no, no. That, Give me actual... that. Well, That's what actual, what armor? I'm not gonna lie. What armor, is, what armor is Ivan wearing right now?
0: Plus two uh-huh. hide armor, or my. Plus so this two.
2: this would lower your AC by like three. Or my plus four oh, uh mage yeah. armor. Yeah, because hide armor is a plus four. Plus two on that is plus six. This is plus two leather armor, which is a plus three, <sighs> three AC bonus.
0: Oh, uh, I thought leather and hide had the same armor bonus.
2: Nope, hide is like heavy leather armor, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay.
4: Yeah, well, leather
2: case,
1: leather then... armor is like cured leather for, for that you would like make into like a uh, nice jacket. Like yeah, a jacket or a bag. Hide armor is like you you've basically got the whole animal around yourself except for the, like the bones and shit.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Then in that case, it actually isn't that good. for <laughs> Ivan,
1: you <laughs> could probably still use the thirty-three thousand though. Yeah, yeah, that that'll yeah, be a nice payday to sell. <laughs>
4: can I uh uh can I make hold the um the
1: void sticks? No. The the magic in them like burns out, uh as the zombie's destroyed. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, so the thirty
2: three thousand
1: guild armor was not enough for Scrim. No, I was <laughs> I'm kidding, just I'm wondering kidding. if that's a <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, to be fair, like the void stick zombies like riddled with those things, and I think each void stick is like seven hundred fifty gold or something like that. Yeah. So but anyway, uh so then Maze Daramar, who was uh very impressed with your performance and uh knowledge of the shackles, uh left you a parting gift. Ooh. a Horn of the Tritons this conch shell can be blown as a horn once per day. Except by a triton, but neither of you guys are tritons. It's is three times per day. Blowing the horn activates any one of the following functions. Function one. Calm rough waters in a one mile radius. Alternatively, this use functions as a dismissal spell against a targeted water elemental. A DC 19 will save negates. So there you go. That's pretty good will save from an item. Function two. Summon 1d4 plus 1 sharks or 1d3 advanced sharks, which is a shark with the advanced template, as if using Summon Nature's Ally 5. Function 3. Create a fear effect, DC 16, in a 500-foot radius that only affects creatures with the aquatic or amphibious subtype that also have an intelligence score of 1 or 2. Any sounding of a horn of the tritons can be heard by all tritons within a 3-mile radius. Oh, and the Horn of Tritons is worth 15,000 gold. He should have just left cash. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Avamar Sornash left you an impossible bottle. An intricately detailed miniature sailing ship sits inside this clear glass bottle. When taking aboard an undamaged sailing vessel at sea, the model automatically reconfigures to become a perfect replica of the new ship. It takes 24 hours for the model to attune to the ship. A ship attuned to an impossible bottle takes half damage from all attacks that deal damage. The model ship in the impossible bottle absorbs the remaining damage, registering holes in its hull, rips in its sails, or scorch marks from fire, etc. Once the attuned ship gains the broken condition, however, the impossible bottle ceases its protection, and any further attacks on the attuned ship deal full damage. If the attuned ship gains the sinking condition or is destroyed, the impossible bottle shatters and is permanently destroyed. If an impossible bottle was attuned to a damaged ship, once that ship has been fully repaired, the impossible bottle reattunes itself over 24 hours and thereafter resumes its protection. An impossible bottle removed from its attuned ship ceases its protection and must be reattuned over 24 hours if brought back on board. If the bottle is shattered while it is attuned to a ship, the impossible bottle is destroyed and the attuned ship immediately takes 150 points of damage.
4: Whoa, that's a dangerous thing.
1: Uh, lastly, an impossible bottle can be used to repair an unattuned ship. As long as the bottle still functions, its owner can christen a vessel by smashing the impossible bottle against the ship's prow, releasing a wave of restorative magic that immediately repairs up to 150 points of damage to the vessel. Yeah, so that's a pretty that's a pretty cool item. Uh, it's worth twenty thousand gold. Bedu Hanji left you a parting gift—a bomb, <laughs> it's probably an upper decker <laughs> poison. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: he left you a scoundrel's sword cane a skull and partial backbone carved from ivory top this plus two sword cane and a gray shark skin covers a wooden scabbard the wielder can use the weapon finesse feat to apply the their dex modifier instead of strength to attack rolls with a scoundrel sword cane sized for her even though it isn't a light weapon the eyes of the skull atop the scoundrel sword cane constantly enhance the wielder's awareness granting the wielder a plus-five competence bonus on perception checks. In addition, once per day, the wielder can concentrate while holding the cane to see through the skull's eyes as if they were her own. In effect, the sound- scoundrel sword cane can be used as a periscope, allowing the wielder to safely peer over obstacles or around corners. If the wielder has total concealment from an observed creature except for the end of the cane, the wielder uses the skull's diminutive size modifier for her stealth check instead of her own size modifier and i'm picturing like the uh the tiny little tiger head on the end of the white rangers dagger yeah <laughs> and, like, i i forget like didn't he didn't it like come to life sometimes to be like hey what's it going on everybody hey or am i just thinking of like something else entirely i mean i could have sworn like didn't it like talk to talk to them sometimes that was just the pcp alex oh sorry okay <laughs> uh those were good pb and chase
5: p c p v and j
1: and uh finally lady sirius bloodmourne uh she left you a less tangible gift which she actually would have uh conversed with devoth about before she left um the fart she uh she granted you the services of a harbor master for one year uh and you would reserve the option to pay to keep him on after that year is over. Uh, the harbor master's uh, the harbor master is a male halfling named Mysker Marquart, and he up up to that point was under her employ, and she highly recommends him. She says he's very uh, skilled at what he does. Okay, what benefits does a harbor master give us? Uh, mechanically, none. But like you know, it's it's a guy who will keep track of anything coming in or leaving your harbor you know he he's basically your your quality guy for imports and exports. Let's sell him.
3: Let's sell him. <laughs> Will he die for us?
1: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> All right. Well, then he can I guess stay on the island and report to Aaron Ivy when we're not there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh and if you if if you decide to further expand on you know the the capacity of your island and you make it like a more lucrative operation. Having a Harbor Master will only become more beneficial right. and indeed necessary, depending on how big you get.
2: All right, so with that, uh, real quick,
1: how much nope. is the uh, the sword cane worth? Oh, uh, 20,925 gold.
3: Damn, these people got expensive taste. <laughs> I like it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so you guys uh, sh- shove off and you arrive at port peril uh two days later okay so you guys get to port peril as uh pirate lords you are not subject to the quarantine so you're able to just go right past uh merchant's marina or uh no, crescent you're able to go right past crescent harbor and uh you can well, it. Uh, real quick yeah
3: is there any val? can we like smuggle shit now they're not going to quarantine us. Is that a unique uh, position we're in, as opposed to like some other people? I mean,
1: you're basically royalty, so yeah, <laughs> you can you can smuggle things as well as like you know any other man of man or woman of that position would be able to.
3: Oh, sick!
1: Like basically, the only person that you're reporting to, besides like your own colleagues, is the Hurricane King. Huh. And your colleagues and like are just other pirate lords, the people who are just. Base-level free captains, like, you're their boss right now, pretty much. You're the barons and baronesses of the shackles, and the free captains are your knights. Uh, So you get to Port Peril, and where do you go? Well,
2: I'm gonna (laughs) send off people to start selling off a lot of this loot that we just got. Um, Yeah,
0: because I I don't have any money.
2: (laughs) Well,
1: was there... I don't have any money! Was there anything that we really wanted to keep of the four things that I just listed? Yeah.
5: No, I'm very poor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
2: I mean, like, obviously. 600 gold. Yeah, we're going to sell the eelskin armor, obviously. I mean, unless someone really wants it, I'm going to sell the, the sword cane.
5: It's cool, but money.
2: I mean, it's cool, but. I use a book. N- no one here uses weapon finesse, and, like, again, it's cool, but I'd rather have the cash. But, but Periscope.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you really need to explain yourself on this. I think we're all on the same page. Of all right. Well, okay. I will say, the
2: one thing I'm tempted to keep is the impossible bottle.
3: Yeah, that seemed cool. We should keep that. Uh, How
2: much
1: it? is it worth? 20000 I think.
2: Yeah, so we would sell it for 10000 Oh, and there's the Horn of the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I figured we're going also... go to get the horn. What is the uh, bottle yeah, that thing? sounded cool, I but think we sell it all. didn't
3: sound uh, as useful.
4: I will say that the, um, that the ship and the bottle thing, it does sound cool. I also think it sounds a little bit dangerous, but right now it's also a little bit redundant with, I mean, me. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: the The ship in the bottle basically makes us take half damage from attacks up to a certain point um, like as us or the ship the ship yeah. takes
1: half damage up oh, to a I certain point I don't care point. if the ship sinks
0: we'll get a new one
1: <laughs> <Money>. <laughs> we can't all turn into frogs Nick
0: <laughs> yeah but we can all survive in water and like you're telling me that if that specific ship sank that would end Voss pirate lord career no he'd probably still the I... the one closest to him
2: Steal, steal the one that sank me and turn that yeah, into the yeah. Maskador 2.0. <laughs> sell it. I, I like
1: sell it. I like, I like to imagine Hanji, Maze Daramar, and Avamar, Sorin are just like taking a walk together through Port Peril. and they like pass a merchant who's like, "I've got an impossible bottle, Horn of the Tritons, and Scoundrel Sword cane for sale." Like, who wants them? And they're like, wait, huh?
5: <laughs> Maybe we should save them to give them to the next pirate lord. <laughs> <laughs> just re-gift
1: them. <laughs>
2: Wait nah, until you go to a party
1: hosted by one of the three that gave you the the presents. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. just give it I back had such them. a oh, great time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll sell all that stuff off. Everyone, all five of us, each get ten thousand six hundred and ninety three gold. Everyone, add another one thousand seven seventy as well. Hey, from uh, selling that plus one Glamored Elven Chain that I was saving for oh, Devoth yeah. use,
1: and now it's not nearly as good as what Scrym gave me. All right, so let's. Uh, any any shopping you guys want to do, we can probably yeah save that for between uh, sessions. Let's do it. I'm right gonna now. shop till yeah. I drop. <laughs> uh, the, Everybody, I stop
2: everything. The one the one last thing I want to say is. We found uh, something that we fought last week had boots of striding and springing. Oh yeah! And Cheryl is putting that shit on immediately. Oh yeah!
3: <laughs> oh yeah! Striding and springing.
2: Yep. Uh, increases your base land speed by ten feet. Oh, he's and, a uh, person now. And gives you a plus five
1: bonus on acrobatics checks. What? All right. So you're in Port Peril. You dock your ship. Now, what do you guys do?
2: Uh Well, this. <laughs> If I'm correct, this is like the day of the Pirate Council meeting, right? You are correct. So we should head over to uh, the Hurricane King's place. I'm assuming oh, that's where yeah, the that I'm assuming that's where the
1: council meets. Yeah. Uh, on your way, uh, you get a couple. You get a couple like enthusiastic waves from, you know, Joe Schmo uh, on on his ship, like just sailing through the harbor. Like, hey, it's Captain Navatha. Oh, hey, how you doing? So yeah, you, so you're like actually getting recognized like your your flag, the Mascador flag is like a thing to spot in port now. Huh. You guys are like pretty big deals all of a sudden. All of a sudden. We've always been a big deal. They just didn't notice yet. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. All right, so the uh the Pirate Council is in uh Fort Hazard. Uh so once you're once you're there and uh Devoth, who are you bringing along for this meeting no one i assume <laughs>
2: i mean they said we yeah. could bring whatever officers we wanted right yes so i'm bringing the party hey <laughs> how Sweet. fortuitous bring my new first mate my new uh ship
1: surgeon my master gunner and my uh master at arms all right so uh you get to uh lusher hold the home of the hurricane king on fort hazard for no so lusher i think lusher hold is the name of the island. And sounds then, right. And then Fort Hazard is the name of the the, the building, fort, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> uh and uh you're instantly recognized when you when you get to the fort. Uh actually like once you dock, you you have a uh, a harbor master uh greet you and invite you and your officers to ride like a carriage like on your way up to the up to the fort.
2: <laughs>
1: oh. Uh I will say
2: like DeVoth would have I mean this is a bit retrospective but Devoth would have like sailed into Port Peril with like the ship horns out and like full regalia like he's making a statement that he's here.
1: Yeah. Uh and you, you do get some people who are like, "Oh, what a what a show <laughs> off." But by and large, uh you are received very positively. Uh so yeah, you're you're brought off of your ship and the guys like, "Oh, did you have a did you have a you have a good uh a good trip?" back to port Peril, captain devoth uh i hope the i hope the winds were in your favor are you, are you okay today can i get you anything like you're really being doted on like you're like th- you, you, this is it like you're at the top well uh almost okay yeah okay <laughs> we, so we'll see about that <laughs> <laughs> there's one more step yet to take <laughs> so you're uh you're like escorted onto this carriage and uh a few horses bring you guys up to uh up to the fort, it's like a, it's it's a little bit of a ride, uh, up this road. Once you get to the the fort, a like a new group of people, like it's it's a very like similar fashion, like welcome to welcome to Fort Hazard, Captain Devoth. Can I get you anything? Uh, what would you like to drink at today's at today's meeting, uh, et cetera, et cetera? And you're like brought into the fort. Uh, once inside, it's 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 a bit of a walk. Like it's a very extensive fort on the inside. You're brought into a a large chamber and the hurricane King is already there. He is sitting at the head of a long oaken table in an overly ostentatious chair with a high back carved with images of sea monsters coiled around ships. Uh, And then there's 30 smaller, less extravagant, but still rather comfortable chairs uh, positioned around uh, the table. There is, there is an empty chair at the far end opposite of the hurricane King. And you guys can make a knowledge local or knowledge nobility check on that chair.
5: Thirteen! Mm-hmm. Thirty-four. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got
4: twenty-four, but...
1: Eight. I wait for my surgeon to explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scram and Leon... No, and th- and this chair is, like, equally large and extravagant uh, to the Hurricane King's chair. Uh, you know that nobody sits in that chair. That chair is reserved for Besmera, should she ever decide to attend a meeting. Huh. She hasn't but yeah. if she if she ever does that chair will be waiting for her uh so then there's several other smaller tables sitting against the walls of the room uh, these are for minor pirate lords who don't have an actual vote but are still welcome to provide feedback and opinions during the meeting and devoth uh you know that this is where your off uh your officers would sit at one of these tables
2: okay so yeah I'll kind of motion them off to whatever table they're supposed to be at and take my place at the Council table.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm already sitting where I need to be.
1: <laughs> he knows. Yeah, Leon goes in. He's look li- <laughs> and he like uh, he, Leon just immediately knows. Like, yeah, I know the drill. Uh, this is where everybody sits. <laughs> oh, Bismarck's there, and I'm gonna take my seat over here. <laughs> uh, I
5: sit down and then I look at the name card. Got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there are thirty chairs around the uh, large oak table.
3: Yeah, what's the table like? I mean I know it's oak but like I mean it's no
1: it's, it's no dark wood table but <laughs> ah, okay. it is much much bigger like it it's like one of those like comically long like dining yeah, yeah, tables yeah, yeah. like they they built this table inside the room that's literally the only way it got in here so there are 30 chairs at this table and you see that there are 12 pirate lords attending leaving 19 chairs empty Leon uh scram you would know that Pirate Lords are not obligated to attend these meetings, and th- there have been very few meetings that have had full or even majority attendances. It's almost as if Pirates are... Notoriously you know, fickle. fickle. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so the the Pirate Lords that are already seated include Tessa Fairwin, Aranax and Demian, Master of Gales, uh, and then there are, you see Avamar Sorinash, Sirius Bloodmourne, Maze Daramar, and Hanji. And then there are some other Pirate Lords that we haven't really met yet. Delamona Bury, Hard Luck Macy, Jolis Raffles, uh, and you guys do know uh, Jolis Raffles to be the uh, the halfling Pirate Lord of Bag Island, who's kind of like the enemy of Hanji and the Rampore Isles. And another Pirate Lord, Wide Olga. <clears throat> and of course, Kurdak Bonefist, who sits at the head. I really still want to know about his Bonefist. I know you do. Okay, so <clears throat> there's a lot of rabble, rabble going on. Zavoth, uh, you take your seat. Your officers take their seat. A few minutes later, uh, the rabbling stops. So after some rabble, ra- rabble ring, there, there's a loud, <laughs> and you all look over, and Kurdak Bonefist has shot a very unnecessary pistol round into the ceiling of of his chamber, uh <laughs> conjuring silence. So uh Kurdak Bonefist looks around at you guys and y- you see that uh that gaunt, intimidating glare that he gives, like like death is staring back at you. And a moment later his uh his visage softens and he says, Well thanks for coming to another lovely meeting of pirate lords and ladies. And I see we have a new edition this quarter. Captain Devoth Cleaver, welcome aboard. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. I kind He's, of give like a little half bow from my chair. There's some like <laughs> <laughs> small applause. Uh, okay, so he says, well, that's, let's move things right along already. And it should be noted that nobody has served you drink or food yet. Hmm. And by you, I mean the entire chamber. So Bonefist says, what's the first issue on the ducket? And Tessa Farrowin sta- stands up. As you all know, normally a new Pirate Lord earns only a quarter share of the tithes from Sargeva. But some of the Pirate Lords here, myself included, were so impressed with Captain Devoth and his his performance the other day at the Island of Empty Eyes that we think he is ready already to receive a full share of the tithes. He... Clearly knows he's exactly a, what he's doing, and he is more proficient, I dare say, than some of the lords yet present at this table. She like looks around daringly. So that begins a uh, a, a rousing round of rabbles, <laughs> and uh, you can vote a or nay for this. Voting a nay. Voting uh, a the fair. the PCs will earn a full share of the most recent Sargaven tithe, uh, which would. Uh, amount to an immediate payment of twelve thousand gold to the party. Oh shit! Oh. If the majority says nay, then you earn a quarter share. So you would immediately gain three thousand gold. And this is basically so. I, I think it's come up a couple times. So the nation of Sargava is uh, an ex-colony of Cheliks that seceded, and the shackles kind of protect Sargava from Chelix, and in return. Sargeva basically pays the shackles protection money. Thanks for not burning all of our ships down anymore and also thanks for protecting s- uh, us protecting us from Cheliaks from sailing in and murdering us all. All right, so uh let the voting begin. Okay. So we well, can let yeah, let the uh let the
2: we can do the intimidate and yes. diplomacy and stuff.
1: Uh can anyone do it or does it have to be Devoth? Anyone can do it, but each PC only gets one skill that they are responsible for each round. So you guys are rolling to vote nay, right? No, we're definitely voting aye. Uh, okay.
4: Yeah, I guess.
2: So Devoth got a 36 intimidate.
5: We young got a 33
3: bluff. Nice.
2: Graham got a 28. Did not roll
4: that
1: hot.
3: Still though, a 28.
1: Okay. Is that it? Are you guys going to spend any disrepute? I'm not going to tell you pass or fail. And I'm also not telling you the DC, which would basically yeah. neg- negate the first one. So, yeah, I think we are good there. And your actual vote was A. Yes. Okay. So, the final. A- it's A-, I. A. It's I. The A or nay? It's I or nay? It's, I think it's I, yay the or nay. A's have it. Yeah.
5: The A's. It's yay.
1: A. All right. All right. I, <laughs> I A. like A. <laughs> I like A. <laughs> Vote A. <laughs> <Aye. laughs> All right, so the or final nay. vote five votes, nay, eight votes, A. So, so basically, uh, Kurdak Bonefist snaps his fingers, and a servant just brings over a, f- a few huge sacks of gold pieces <laughs> to Devoth. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> All
2: right, everyone gets 2,400.
5: <laughs> Let's go. Aye. <laughs> I might finally have Scram make me something.
2: <laughs> so we've gained like 15,000 gold each just today. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's been a good day.
1: <laughs> Every single moment of this session has been nothing but good times. <laughs> <laughs> S- except for that first like 10 minutes. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, so after some more rabbling, uh, Kurdak Bonefist calls for issue number two. And Sirius Bloodmorne stands up. She says, Well, as you all know, we need to we need to set the budget for the shackles this year. And I think and she kinda like like pauses and like holds her hand over her breast and like flutters her eyelids I think a portion of the Sargaven tithes should go towards erecting towering statues honoring the Hurricane King in them in all the major ports of the shackles which would surely increase our sense of nationalism and pride amongst the free captains and there there's some there's some eye rolling at this and some like outright groaning <laughs> so what's this bitch trying to pull she's trying to she, suck up to she's trying to suck up to b- bone fist. yeah she's uh, okay. being pretty plain about it uh so here's here's what's going on here so if this is passed, enough resources will go towards these statues in the next several months that the DC to increase the sale of plunder will increase by plus 5 for the remainder of the campaign. And and like all prices wi- associated with like adding to your fleet, like hiring mercenaries, which may or may not come up later, uh is also going to increase. So uh, voting for this increase. is going to
2: increase like it's yeah, going it, to make it harder for us to make money and yeah, it's, cost it's, us more to do things. It's
1: going to be a huge hit to the economy. It's basically going to be like this big tax tax expenditure on these ridiculous statues. Okay. So, yes, yeah,
2: so, so, we're going to vote nay and we're going to bully some people into voting with us. Okay. <laughs> so, Devoth got a 28 on his intimidate. That's a 36. 36 Shall for the I? diplomacy.
5: Shall I bluff? Yes, please. Oh, 29.
1: Okay. You spend any disrepute? No. And just to reiterate, the disrepute isn't to allow a reroll; it's allow you to roll again to swing another vote. Okay. Just in case that was you're confused by that. Okay. All right. So if you're all done, so final vote is five nay, oh, and eight a. What? So, yeah. Uh, who?
3: I want names. I want <laughs> names right now. Who voted yay?
1: So we can go and kill them all. Seriously. So, yeah, it it looks like, even though everyone was like, oh, you, like, you brown nosing suck up. Uh, they were still intimidated enough by Bonefish yeah, to not like, want to vote against yeah, him. Yeah, they were like, I should probably still vote yes because, oh, man, he's not going to be happy if I vote no to that. Ugh. The, the only person who seemed to be like, swinging votes alongside you was the master of gales when she like finished her uh when when Bloodmourne finished her her dialogue he 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 even like went like ha <laughs> at how ridiculous it was <laughs> uh all right oh, uh, so it just so got harder to sell plunder yep next issue pirate lord hard luck macy stands up and he says says well it w- it would appear that the Former first mate of Barnabas Harrigan, Skaggs Rockram, gone awol. He has apparently been feeding information to the Chelish, and he he ran from Barnabas Harrigan, and is currently in hiding. With this issue, we are voting whether or not to declare him outlaw to the state. So, if he is declared outlaw, a five thousand gold point bounty will be placed on his head. Well, if he is wait. Not, who is it? It's, Sorry.
2: uh, basically Harrigan, they're saying Harrigan's first mate went AWOL
1: and has been working for the, the chelish, so they're...
3: Wait, who's his first mate?
1: He said his first mate is named Skaggs Rockram. Now, you guys know that his current first mate is a wizard, a female wizard named Doloruso. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and I think, uh, Leon was the one that told you this. It was the reason why, uh... Why Price wanted Leon involved because she was like spooking him about how good of a wizard she is. Okay. So whoever Skaggs Rockram is was likely his first mate between Mr. Plug and Dalaruso, Okay. So if he is not uh, declared outlaw, there won't really be any mechanical change. There just won't be a bounty placed on his head. All right. So, yeah. So we're going to vote. We're going to vote yes.
3: Yeah, outlaw that
0: bitch. Yeah,
2: We're going to outlaw him and hunt him down ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like
0: we're about to get paid. Is 5,000 gold really <laughs> worth our time or effort, though?
2: To hunt down a former member of Barnabas Harrigan's crew? <laughs> that that alone is worth our time.
3: We get whatever they have on him. So. Yeah, that too. Yeah, maybe he's hiding in a pile of gold. Or
1: with that logic, would it be smarter to try to not declare him outlaw so you don't have other free captains looking for him? Who said that? Yeah, we're
2: declaring him outlaw. <laughs> Okay.
5: <laughs> Don't trust that GM. He'll make you look down the corridor just to get <laughs> Yeah. Don't trust him. He'll he'll let you know how shiny that sword is in the middle of <laughs> the clearing.
2: All right. Just so, trying yes. to help. So we're gonna sure. vote. We're gonna vote in favor of outlawing the guy. Okay. And Devoth got a thirty-nine on his intimidate. Oh. Twenty-nine on my bluff. Okay.
1: Thirty-eight for Scram. All right. It's been in any disrepute? No. Okay. This one seems to be a much less Intentious. passionate yeah. rap rabbling. A lot of people are even like, wait, Scag Skaggs Rock ran? Like, I thought his first mate was, was Adelita Dolarusso. Like, no, it was Mr. Plug. Like, no, I think Mr. Plug he-, he he killed Mr. Plug or something, and then he got Skaggs. Skaggs ran, and now he's got Dollarusso and like people. Well, like, I'll even play them and say, no, 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 together. I
2: killed Mr. Plug.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, that works perfect with your intimidate check. <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, man, that guy gets more first mates than anything. Like, what's he doing over there? <laughs> All right, so final vote is a strong majority of A. So he is declared a- outlaw. Anyone say nay? Uh, at the end of it. Yeah there were still th- uh three votes for 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 nay. At this point you guys like the the drinks and food have like long been served and like a lot of the pirates are like starting to get a little loopy and yeah full <laughs> and Kurdak Bonefist is like looking less and less interested with with each issue. He's like, "All right, is do we have any more issues or like what it, it, was that was that the last one?" And uh Tessa Farouin stands up again. She says, Actually, I had a a rather important issue to talk about, which I mentioned to you too long ago. Kurdak Bonefist, and she she turns to the the rest of the table, and she she kind of gives Devoth a nod, and she says, "With the help of Captain Devoth, certain evidence was brought to light of a chelish spy ring that exists within the shackles, and unfortunately." The spy master behind it was able to escape before we apprehended her, but the evidence was not lost, and I think it is serious enough to really start funding a more uh, concerted effort to really start weeding out any more spies that might be lurking amongst us. So I call to increase funding to search for Chelish spies. If this gets uh, if this gets passed, more funding we put into place making it more difficult for any spies that may still be amongst the shackles pirates to continue to do their operations they might need to spend more resources on not being caught instead of adding more spies amongst them you do remember when you found those uh those plans in uh zarskia was that her name yeah you do remember when you found those plans in zarskia's lab that the communications to her from her chellish agents kept referencing our man or our pirate as an agent that seemed to be working with the spies that was already a member of the Shackles Pirates. Whether this man was a free captain, a pirate lord, the Hurricane King himself, or even just a a no-name pirate, you're not sure. But you do remember that it According to that evidence, you have not seen the last of this chelish influence. So, how is the voting gonna go? Nay? Uh, we are voting in favor of more funding. Okay. Yeah. Gimme
2: th- Yeah. Gimme them checks. Devoth got a thirty seven on the Intimidate. Ooh. Oh,
1: Leon.
5: Leon got a thirty nine on the bluff.
1: Ooh. Got a solid thirty. Ooh.
4: Sweet. Wow.
1: And you yourselves voted A. Yes.
5: A.
4: Hey.
1: Is there any disrepute? No. Okay. Wow, this is a very common spread. Final spread for 5-nay, uh, 8 A. Hey. Nice. So, uh, the pirate lords agree to increase funding designed to root out chelish spies, and Kurdak Bonefist seems very put off by this. Huh. And... He's like, even after it gets uh, voted A, he kind of like, he like bangs his gun on the table like it's a gavel. And he says, very well, funding approved, Captain Farrow, I told you that the Chelish pose no threat to these islands. We have the Eye of Ebon separating us from the nation of Cheliacs. For them to get any sort of fleet to our islands, it would take them so much time to sail around the storm that we'd be able to launch an acceptable counter-assault with plenty of time to spare. There's really no issues, even if there are spies among us.
5: But uh, can I sense motive motive of that to see if it's yeah.
1: just his hubris
5: or if there's a little more to it?
1: Sure.
3: Sounds like what a spy would say. <laughs>
1: 36. It seems to just be hubris. He's, okay. He, uh, it even seems to be a little... Uh, Kinda of like Cornelius Fudgy uh from Harry fudge. from Harry Potter, when like when Voldemort's clearly back and like a legitimate threat, he's just like, he's not back, there's no way he could be back. <laughs> things were so much better after he died, so if he's back, that means things are bad and I need to like make important decisions. So he's not back. It seems to be a mixture of hubris and that sort of thought process.
5: I will share my read with Devoth when there is a moment where I think I can get away with it.
1: Sure. Uh yeah, I mean might people are might be useful
5: are... knowledge to have about bone Fist.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean people have their have their seats but like there are certainly like people are like walking around like like oh like where are the chicken wings are on that? They're they're over <laughs> on that end of the table. I am good chicken wing. <laughs> so, yeah, you have no problem being able to just walk over to Devoth and sharing that with him quietly. So, he uh so he finishes his little like temper tantrum. And, and he kind of like looks around and, uh, and Tessa kind of like tentatively says, so what's, so what's our next issue? Kurdak, he, he kind of like pushes his, pushes his chair and he says, there are no more issues. Today's meeting is adjourned. Thank you. And he stands up and kind of saunters out of the, the chamber and everyone just kind of like sitting there a little awkwardly. Like dad just like yelled at mom and then walked away.
5: I'm going to go up to Tessa and let her know that I approve of her final, what she brought up at the end. That was, we need to root out these Cheliax spies.
1: She bows her head at you and, and says, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't believe you were, you were part of Devoth's crew when he, when he got that evidence, but I mean, anybody who, anybody who would just take the time to, to look it over would agree with me that, you know, even if they don't pose uh a serious threat it's still something we should not al- allow to have in our borders
5: i agree do does devoth still have the evidence
1: no he handed it over to me and i was able to to more extensively look into the matters devoth you're you're within earshot of this and she kind of like stops for a second looks over at you with a smirk and she says he's not the most subtle of <laughs> of the free captains or pirate lords now i would uh, i
2: would easily give her a grin back like I'm aware. So while his <laughs> I'm a invest- blunt instrument, <laughs>
1: so while his investigations were ultimately successful, uh it they did allow the the spy master Zarskia to uh to make her escape before I was able to prevent her from doing so.
5: Mm. Well, if you've ever got the free time, I would love an opportunity to look at some of the evidence you've found. I've been known to piece together my fair share of mysteries and I'm not unfamiliar with some, well, <clears throat> shadier characteristics of people.
1: She she nods her head. She says, "I would be more than happy to go over the evidence with you anytime you're back in Quent. Uh, look me up, and I will. Uh, I'll happily show you what I've got."
5: I give her a quick bow, and I will do that. And then I'm gonna go over those chicken wings I keep telling the loth about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys do now? Uh, the, the pirate Lords just kind of like. Rabbling for a change in this chamber you, you don't get the impression that you're being kicked out since the hurricane king left but the, oh. the meeting is clearly over scram would like to
4: uh try to stir up a little bit of intrigue here okay uh, he's, he's gonna claws it, on he's gonna desk. kind of <laughs> tap on the shoulder of kind of like you know and anyone that he could kind of get a hold of and be like Hey. <laughs> you want to get a hold of uh, about that? Uh, about that bone fist. Uh, you, I, you I, know I, who I'm talking about? I, I think we can make it an issue for next time. Uh, what? Make him give up the bone fist? No. <laughs> <laughs> the bone then, then I will have the bone <laughs> fist. Uh, no, I'm yeah. the
5: bone fist.
4: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I think we, I think we all deserve to know exactly where he got that bone fist from. <laughs> what do I know about this guy's bone
5: fist? My,
4: my goal is to get everybody at the, like, at least one person to bring it up as an issue
1: next week, and, like, next time, just be like... What's-? Issue number one, top of the meeting. <laughs> Yo, Kurdak, where you get that bone fist from? <laughs> That's exactly
5: my goal. Alex. Yes. What do I, do I know anything about the bone
1: fist? Uh, make a knowledge local or history check.
5: Okay. Oh god! If this doesn't,
1: if you don't give it to me, like if you don't give me the answer
4: that I want, I am absolutely doing well, this. What answer I, I, do you I've want? I've got an idea.
1: <laughs> the true. Oh okay.
5: Answer. First up, I got a twenty-eight on my knowledge local.
1: Okay. Was there more to that? <laughs>
5: Yeah, do I what do I know? First oh, of okay. all. <laughs>
1: First <laughs> of all, this is my role. Okay. Well, uh, yeah,
5: let's see what happens after the role.
1: Got it. You don't know the specifics, but you've heard rumors that he got his hand through some deal made with a lich. So, I'm
5: assuming that since we're all rubbing elbows, at some point I'm gonna overhear scram talking about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: I'm gonna I, approach. Scram. I am I am rolling p- diplomacy. Like my goal is dead set. Sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Give me a diplomacy check to to stir some intrigue.
4: I might jump in with him. That's a thirty
1: six. Wow. What'd you get on the D twenty? I got a thirteen. Oh wow! Very good diplomacy. Dang. So you're so you're able to to kind of word your your query in a way that gets people like like maybe a little concerned like you you kind of like put like a spin on it where like they're like yeah like what like what is he gonna do with that bone fist like like what you know i i don't I don't know what that thing's capable of, like I need to make sure that I'm safe like we gotta we gotta we gotta learn more about that uh whether or not that catches on uh it's too early to tell. So, but Leon, what are you, how are you jumping <laughs> I on come this?
5: into whoever Scram is currently talking to about this and go, I heard he might have got it from a necromancer, Ooh. but I don't know. And I'm going to pull out what little book I have with information and say, but we should figure this out so I can add it to my notes. <laughs>
3: i I see leon pull out his little ass book and uh show what a real book looks like but also i don't know what they're talking about but now now i'm in i'm into the are we gonna have a
5: book off because i will book you. i think it's called a book measuring
0: contest (laughs) i will measure my ebook we're gonna answer that age-old debate quality versus quantity
5: (laughs) oh god
1: so when so when Leon jumps in and says he might have got it from a necromancer, that really feeds into the fear that Scram's kind of starting to kindle. It kind of ends with people being like, like, oh, I don't know, he's a, he's a scary guy. I don't think I even want to bring it up, but like, yeah, we should totally like, I I I want to know more. Like, if if anybody learns more about that bone fist, I want to know. But we should probably we shouldn't even be talking about this in here. This is this is his house. He could be listening right now. But you definitely got people. Interested and invested in this bone fist.
4: I'm gonna go. Actually, you know what? I know exactly the person who's gonna stir that pot. Okay. I'm gonna go up to, to the gale. I'm going to go to the gale. Master of gales. Yeah, master of gales. And I'm gonna okay. be like, hey, what do you know about this? What a badass! I'm gonna follow Scram because
5: now I'm invested too. <laughs> I'm following Leon on wants to know. <laughs> Yeah. Remember, this is a 16 year old boy. <laughs> can't,
1: can't. Yep, yep, yep.
5: Hey, he's asking the right questions. <laughs> can't, can't kill me for this. <laughs>
1: well, that's not true. No fair killing me. Master of Gales. Just kind of. Well, it doesn't have skin on it, does it? <laughs> oh, you're right. It
4: doesn't. You know, if somebody. A clue! Somebody oh. should uh, ask him about that at the next meeting. I think it should be you. He, uh, I
3: shoot Leanna a look he, like, uh, what? <laughs> What's I, now? I, I'm gonna just shrug <laughs> at
5: you and go, "Hey, we, we're following him." He puts a
1: hand on your shoulder and he he looks down at you like a beat and he says, "I think it should be you." <laughs> <laughs> Scram
4: stares out with wonder in his eyes like, "Oh my God, am I gonna do this? I'm gonna do it. He's he's ready."
1: He 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 puts both hands on Scram's shoulder and he says, You're ready. <laughs> and I personally can't wait for you to bring it up at the next meeting.
5: I'm going to shoot a glance back over at Cheryl.
1: i shoot another <laughs> glance back at you!
5: Oh no! I think I just slowly whistle off away now. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I like to think of when Scram released Gargolavo, that was the beginning of 2.0 era of Scram. I think mm-hmm. we're about yeah. to see 3.0 <laughs> era if he does this. It's
1: total wild card Scram. Yeah.
0: His evolution has been ridiculous.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, what are you guys doing now that Scram has uh, reached the antithesis, I think, <laughs> of, uh, of his intriguing pot stirring.
5: Finish off the snacks and go home?
3: Yep, call it a day. Food yeah. contest. Although, yeah. I am a bit curious as to, we called this big meeting, and then there was like, I mean, they were important topics, sure, but there's only yeah. like four topics? I there, thought we were going to really get into like uh, yeah. pirating and the yeah. shackles. Well, that was,
1: that you got was the out. idea. and You then, got the impression that there were more topics yet to be discussed, but Kurdak Bonefist just kind of ended the meeting short, because yeah. he got pissed off.
2: He, yeah, he got pissed off and bored, so he's like yeah, fuck this, I'm done.
3: No. Oh, that's lame.
1: Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. So, so uh so with that you guys exit Fort Hazard and uh you're brought back down to the docks of Lucier Hold and, and uh we level. yeah. What? <laughs> we level. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, no. congratulations everybody.
5: Take a hero point. No. <laughs> stop it.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Uh,
5: you're welcome.
1: He's gotten too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> so you get back down to the mascador and as you board a bright silver raven flies down and lands on the railing as Devoth is walking up the gangplank and there is a uh, a nice neat rolled up scroll of parchment in its beak.
5: Shoot it with my crossbow.
1: <laughs> There's an explosion of feathers. <laughs> I I hold out my Got it.
2: I hold up my hand, palm open underneath the the beak. It releases the
1: scroll into your hand. Okay. It's
2: a pretty neat trick. I guess I pop it open. D- does the bird fly away after dropping it, or does it sit there and wait? It's still there. Okay. Then I will open it and read it, because I'm assuming this is probably wanting a response of some sort.
1: Okay. You open up the scroll, and you read it next week. Oh, my uh, God. Okay.
2: God. See ya.
3: Okay.
1: All right. See ya. A summary yeah we're not we're not a death story
4: yet so <laughs> i'm not gonna be anxious all week thank you for the yeah. yes.
1: it makes me feel better
4: oh, yeah.
5: did you guys see that smug ass <laughs> head nod yeah. he was just like i'm gonna sup on this nerd's tears
2: <laughs> <laughs>